Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, once again, a 24th podcast, the best video gaming and sports podcast on the entire internet. We're back for another extraordinarily late podcast. Pause the music. We're only going to talk about NFL schedule, the NFL schedule today. Week one, I want to give my super early predictions. It is July 18th, really July 19th. About two months away from the NFL season opener, and I already have my week one picks. I'm already ready to go without even seeing a single snap of the preseason. Unpause my music. Jesus Christ. Not even seeing a single snap of preseason activity. I already have a lot of lists. Not a lot of lists. I have already a list. Week one, I think I'm probably going to bat at 80%. I'll also go over the absolute disaster that was last season's predictions. I don't want to talk about it, but I will talk about it right here on 24's Pockets. Nirvana's Stay Away. It's just a nice song to open up the pot cast with, you know? It's a nice trial. Not trial, but song. Like reading stuff as I am talking. Worst thing to do ever. Ever. <laughs> like, it's the worst. Oh my God. Hold on. I got a burp. <clears throat> Excuse me. All right. Let's get started with kind of recapping what happened last year. So last year, didn't watch as much football as I, uh, as I normally did and could have. It's ironic because it's like I watched a shit ton of college football. I was really, really prepared for the draft this year. But I didn't watch as much NFL football. I usually watch the games as well as the highlights and I just didn't watch the highlights I was just like I I have a handle on the on the NFL season and I dropped I think three points so uh, about 2020 not about but on 2020 the like it's it's hard to talk about 2020 and 2021 and 2022 so in 2020 I started to uh, keep track of my win percentages when it came to my picks and my selections week to week for the NFL and I for the NFL games and I was at a oh my god seeing my I I now have like a look at my uh my 2020 picks and selections I had a 69.88 pick percentage in 2020 exceptional Fantastic. I was super proud of it. I was just like, just give me that 1.2 or that 0.12% and I will be happy. I want to be a, I want to bat at 70%. I got way too overconfident. I stopped watching the highlights, stopped watching the week to week basis, and I batted at 64.21%. I didn't even drop two to three points, I dropped five points. Lost five points. Disaster. Terrible job by me. I apologize. I will 
watch the highlights. You may think to yourself, well, 24, really? Like, is watching the highlights, that is, is it going to set set up that? Is it is it that much of a difference if you would just watch, like, 10-minute highlights? Yes. It's like an hour or, like, an hour and a half more work to potentially even two hours, depending on how many games. But it's just, it's it's worth it. I'm also going to try and watch some of the some of the games that may appear on the NFL network like the NFL network will always post games on their network it's just i want to have i want to watch more football this year uh, in the NFL to kind of counteract that also i'm not going to lie to you my confidence kind of got shot midway through the season i stopped like keeping track of the other uh, games as hardcore as i did i was like super super like I was super, super driven to like keep track of all my scores. I was like, how many games did I pick right this year? And then, or this week. And then I was just like, I'm so depressed looking at my win percentages. Every single week, it was just, it was so bad. I don't even want to look at 2021. 2021 didn't, didn't happen. On to 2022. But um, surprisingly enough, I, I picked the Super Bowl. Picked the Super Bowl. Rams won, picked it. But, oh my gosh, divisional round, conference championship rounds, like, not, uh, not, not good, not good. So, 64% pick percentage last year, two years ago, my highest 69.88 win percentage. I'm trying, once again, to go for that coveted, that delicious, that sweet, sweet 70% pick percentage. And I think we'll get there um, week one, game one. So this should maybe, it depends on how much this segment of the podcast will take. It could take 20 minutes. It can take 30 minutes. It can take 10 minutes. It can take an hour. It can take a whole lot of time, depending on really just how much I talk about certain teams and things of that nature. So the reason why I'm doing this now is I think I've done this for the past two to three years where I've essentially just not necessarily run out of content, but I like to just shoot my shot early on. I like to just set things up months in advance. And this, I feel like, is the perfect opportunity to do that. Not necessarily because there's a lull in the conversations and things of that nature. Training camp starts next week. I don't really care that it starts next week. I just kind of wanted to do this. I have other stuff prepared, but I kind of wanted to do this this week. Shoot my shot early on. Go ahead and just take a swing, take a shot. I don't think the preseason is really going to affect my opinions on this, nor do I think anything significant will happen. Maybe it will, maybe it won't. I don't know. But we're going to be doing week one predictions here and now. Is there anything else I have to talk about? Anything else I want to lead in as well? Oh, yeah. I may change this. The, I think, Wednesday... Because we have Thursday night football. I may change this Wednesday. The Wednesday. No, 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 no. I, I think I'll still pick um, the team that I have winning Thursday night football. I think the Friday before the opening weekend for the NFL, I may go over this list again. I may tweak some things. But I think for the most part, the majority of the 16 games are already picked and selected and... I'm super confident about it. Some games are pretty easy to pick. Some games are not so easy to pick. Let's get started. Bills versus Rams at Rams. I'm taking the Bills. Taking the Bills. In my top 10 
quarterback list for this next upcoming season. I don't even, I think Matt Stafford was 11th or 12th or something like that. He was outside of the top 10 or he was about to be outside of the top 10. I think Matt Stafford is overrated. I think Sean McVay, and I know people are going to be like, well, he won a Super Bowl in playoff games. And it's just like, so Nick Foles did five years ago. Is he a great quarterback? No, I didn't think so. But is he as bad as people in Detroit want to make him out to be? Or was he as bad as people in Detroit tried to make him out to be? Obviously not. He was, in fact, important to the team's overall uh, success in 2021. However, do I think that that um, if I put Joe Burrow, and I talked about it, I, I kind of talked about the Super Bowl in the sense of the best part about it was the halftime show. Because the Rams were just a better team. As much as I love Joe, Joe Burrow, and Jamar Chase, I was watching that game and I was like, Joe Burrow doesn't have a shot because he has to go up against the greatest defensive player in the NFL right now, plus one of the best corners in the NFL and Jalen Ramsey. I'm like, he doesn't have a fucking shot at all. And Matt Stafford only has to be competent, which he was in the second half, not really in the first. All he has to do is just be confident, not confident, competent, and he will be successful. That's exactly what I thought. I was like, you switch the quarterbacks, it's the same result. Rams win. And I think that can be attributed this year as well to the Rams. I think the Rams have kind of taken a little bit of a step back. I think Von Miller leaving is a really, really big deal. Because Aaron needs, Aaron Donald, he always needs a number two. Because teams will always double and triple team him. Because he's Aaron Donald and he's the best defensive player in the NFL. See Indomitian Sue and how dominant Aaron Donald was when Indomitian Sue was with the Rams. See Von Miller when Von was with the Rams. It just frees up Aaron Donald to do so much other stuff. And as, maybe not so, maybe not it frees him up, but at the very least, it gives an elite pass rusher like Von Miller the ability to take advantage of maybe a one on one instead of it just being like, oh my God, Von Miller is out there. We have to double team him. Now it's just like, oh, Aaron Donald is out there. We have to double team him. Oh, and Dominican Sue is out there. We have to double team him. Now it's just like, no. No, we don't. But Aaron, I think, I think Aaron is going to have a hard time this year. I don't think the defense got better, even with Bobby Wagner. I think it kind of got worse because, again, Von Miller. And I think teams will take Cooper Cup way more seriously. And I think the Bills... Overall, I think they have way more firepower than the Rams, and I think they're just way more explosive. I think, in reality, if the Bills had prob Bills or Chiefs, I think if either one of those teams had gone to the Super Bowl, I think the Rams would have lost. I know everybody's high on the Bills because they lost to the Chiefs because uh, of the coin flip in overtime, and, then, and now the NFL is like, well, we need to... We need to give everybody a shot at, at, at getting an extra possession in overtime in a playoff game. I'm like, hey, Bill's defense, play better. How about that? How about you give your offense an additional chance, an additional shot? Maybe, maybe you do that. Maybe you don't screw over Josh Allen. Maybe that's the case. Maybe that's what you do. But um, I think the Bills are going to beat the crap out of the Rams, who in my opinion. I think it's going to be kind of a shocker to a lot of people because they're like, oh my God, the Rams are going to repeat. I I don't think so. I don't think so at all. I think the Bills, I think they got it. I think the Bills 
over the Rams. Bills over the Rams, week one. Eagles at Lions. I was watching Colin Cowherd. Can I pull it up? Can I pull it up? He was, I think, doing something similar to this. Either this week or last week. Let me... Let me see if I can find it. It'll take like a couple of minutes, but I think it is super worth it. He was predicting the week one schedule and like the bets or whatever. Hold on. Let's see if I can't find it. It's Monday. If I can't find it, I'm I'm not gonna spend too much time on it but essentially what he was getting at was that the eagles would lose to the fucking lions in week one and i was just like that is the dumbest thing i've ever heard of in my entire life especially when everybody and their mother won't shut up about how awesome a off season the eagles have or had it's ridiculous to me to be like, well, the Eagles are going to beat the Cowboys, which is a significantly better football team, better coached, better roster. They're just a better team. And really, realistically, as dysfunctional as the Cowboys are, they're a better organization. It's ridiculous to me for people to be like, well, the Cowboys are going to get their butts whooped by the Eagles, but then the Lions, for some weird reason, aren't. I mean, they don't have a corner to be able to cover... A.J. Brown, and Devontae Smith, and Jalen Rager, and then they also don't have a safety or a linebacker to be able to cover Dallas Goddard, and their de- their defensive line is interesting. I'll say this. Their defensive line is interesting. Levi Onzerike was one of my favorite defensive tackles out of the 2020 draft, or was it 2021? Yeah, 2021. Sorry, some of the years are getting mixed up for me. 2021 draft, he was one of my favorite defensive tackles. Aleem McNeil as well. So these are like... Two of my favorite defensive tackles in the 2021 draft. And really, Aleem McNeil has kind of lived up to that. Levi Onzariki has been hurt. They also added in Aiden Hutchinson, which I am not super high on, but he will be an interesting football player to, to, uh, to watch. And I'm really, really excited to be able to get to watch some of these games week one, especially some of their highlights, because I'll be taking notes and I'll be looking at their highlights and I'll be like, okay, you, you sucked. You played well. You didn't play well, et cetera, et cetera. So, Eagles at Lions, indoors, yikes, Eagles, not even close. Then on top of that, let me say this. I think the Eagles offensive line is a little bit overrated. They just lost Brandon Brooks, Jason Kelsey is getting older, and Lane Johnson, let me say this. Lane Johnson had some really, really bad games over the last couple of years. Like games where I have never seen Lane Johnson get dominated the way that he got dominated in the Cowboys game against Micah Parsons. Like you go back and even Randy Gregory had, had some real success with Lane Johnson. And this could just be like a Cowboys thing. Maybe they're susceptible to the Cowboys, but I did not like how Lane Johnson played throughout the chorus of last season. And then on top of that, the whole aspect with Brandon Brooks retiring, who was like one of the best guards in the NFL Nobody is talking about that. And it's just it's just like who who do you guys think they're they're going to insert in at right guard? Like hello? Hello? 
And then, shockingly enough, Landon Dickerson, who I was 1,000% sure could play guard in the NFL, cannot play guard in the NFL. I was like, he's going to be an awesome center for the Eagles. I'm like, he, and I thought he could flex out at guard. He can't play guard. I'm like, wait, you guys are saying they lost two of their guard. They, they lost their best guard, one of their best offensive linemen. Then they lost their best guard. And then I don't even know the status of their, of their left tackle. What, who's, their, who's the Eagles left tackle? I don't even know the status of him. Hold on. Who is it? It's not Mylotta. It's not. I, I'm getting Jordan Mylotta. It's not Mylotta. It's somebody else. Is it Andre Dillard? I can't remember who's their left tackle. But it's just like, oh my God, it is Jordan Mylotta. Is he the guy that, like, I'm, I, I have a lot of names in my mind. Is he the guy? I cannot, I cannot remember. But it was just like, Andre Dillard was their first round pick. And maybe it was Jordan Mylotta that got hurt. I, I cannot remember who. But Jordan Mylotta got got hurt, and then Andre Dillard came in, and he was terrible, and then on top of that, Isaac Suamalu, or Suamalu, I think it is Isaac Suamalu, terrible, terrible, horrible, holy smokes, I'm looking at their depth chart right now, offensive line-wise, Mylotta, we will see, but holy smokes, Landon Dickerson at left guard, Isaac Suamalu at right guard, do not sleep on kind of some of the cracks that are far, that are potentially forming in the Eagles offensive line because I think they are far more susceptible than people uh give them credit for. But I do have the Eagles over the Lions cuz I just I like Nick Sir, unless Jalen Hurts hasn't been doing anything and not even anything. The Eagles are just a better coached football team and I just have no faith in Dan Campbell to coach himself out of a brown paper bag. Eagles over Lions at Lions, 49ers at Bears. So this is an interesting game because everybody won't shut up about how awesome the Bears played the 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 49ers last season. I don't really care how awesome they played the 49ers. It's a new season. It's a new day. I don't care how awesome the Bears played, quote unquote. You still lost, by the way. So congratulations on your participation trophy. You still lost. Here's the thing. I don't think Trey Lance will start week one against the Bears. I think it's still going to be Jimmy Garoppolo. It's interesting how, like how, what's the word I'm looking for? Like how convinced people are when it comes to Trey Lance. Like they're like, he's the guy. He's number one. He's like specifically people in the media. They're like, oh yeah, he's just going to start and play number one and he's going to be awesome. For me, and I saw this Fred Warner quote today. I was listening to it on the NFL Network, and they were quoting him on the Rich Eisen show. I was listening to this quote, and nothing that he said in that quote was, yeah, we have faith in Trey Lance to start week one, game one. He just said that, well, he has the respect of the locker room because he works hard. And I'm like, and is he starting week one? Nobody has said that he's starting week one. Everybody's like, he's, he's going to be great. He's going to start week one. Nobody from the Niners organization has said that, ever. I'm like, we realize this, right? Like, everybody, we realize he's... They haven't confirmed it yet. They haven't said it yet. I think Jimmy 
he's going to start throwing here in a couple of weeks. He may be at training camp. He may not be. I don't know the dichotomy. I don't know what's going on. I don't know the politics within the 49ers. I don't know if he is excused from training camp. I don't know if he will be taking second team reps in training camp. I don't know. If you want my honest opinion about it, I think the 49ers should put in Trey Lance to work with the ones and the twos or whoever in preseason games. I think they should. Rumor on the street is his throwing motion is so violent that it causes his arm to essentially be like mini injured, like it's quote unquote sore after some throwing. And he apparently cannot work on his throwing motion. Like you have, like to improve your throwing motion and to change your throwing motion, you essentially have to have like 15,000 to 20 something thousand throws to essentially adapt your throwing motion from what it was to essentially what it can be. So because he always causes his arm to be sore or he re-injures his arm, I don't know necessarily the, the, uh, the medical terms or the medical diagnosis because I'm not a doctor and more importantly, I'm not his doctor. So I don't know exactly what's going on. Word on the street is he injures himself or his arm gets sore every single time he has these long throwing sessions, which is why his throwing motion hasn't been improved, which is why he potentially isn't necessarily the guy. And the 49ers are like, holy shit, this guy is not very good. What is going on? I think Jimmy, and by the way, they would have traded Jimmy Garoppolo. They would have got done away with Jimmy at this point if they thought that he was the guy. If they thought that he was the guy, they would have, got, they would have done away with him. I think Jimmy's going to start week one. I also think the Bears are going to get smoked. I don't believe in Matt Eberflus and Ryan Poles at all. They got Nikhil Harry, who is a bust, essentially, last week. I hated the... I Not hated is the best way to describe it, but I was just like, oh yeah, this is a participation move. He's, he's just doing this to be like, hey guys, I did something, even though it's essentially nothing. I did something, but really I did nothing. It's like I helped. It's like the kid in the group project that's like, you know, let me um let me write our names on the uh, on the group project and it's just like, "Hey, great job." And you like built an atom or something like that. It's just like, "Hey, great job. We built an atom. We explained quantum mechanics and um the theory of of levativity or what is it called? What's the Albert Einstein theory? The theory of relativity, excuse me, which is describing gravity and the theory behind how gravity is formed in, theory, in something like that. And you have these, like, 3D models, and the guy and, and the guy who's participating, his only job, and he barely does it correctly, is, oh, let me just write our names on the project. Let me write our names on our description of the theory of relativity via a 3D model. That's essentially what uh, Ryan Poles, the GM for the Bears, did. He just stamped his name on a project that was already done. Just like, yeah, you know, hey, congratulations. You got a shitty wide receiver for your rookie quarterback. You didn't address the offensive line. You essentially lost multiple star players for you on the defensive side of the football field with Akeem Hicks and also Khalil Mack. And you got peanuts and cupcakes for Khalil Mack. Great job on that front. Still don't have a number one corner. Still don't have a number one wide receiver. Still your offense is pretty fucking shitty. And then on top of that, you don't even have that strong running game. Then on top of that, you hired a defensive coordinator to be your head coach in a league and in an era where offensive-minded head coaches are essentially the prime target and candidate for any GM worth a damn. And now you are going into 
essentially one of the toughest teams you're facing off against one of the toughest teams in the NFL that went all the way to the NFC Championship game, beat Green Bay in Green Bay, beat the Cowboys in Dallas, and now you are going in week one against the 49ers once again with your band-aid offensive line that couldn't stop a co- that couldn't stop a child from walking up and down football field, let alone Nick Bosa. You are going into, I wish I could say they are going into the Niners, in San Francisco, they're staying at home at Soldier Field to face off against the San Francisco 49ers. Who actually have pass rush, linebackers, uh, maybe not necessarily a great secondary, but they can make up with it with the pass rush and even the coaching and the coverage and things of that nature. They also have a lot of wide receivers, decent offensive line, awesome running game, awesome scheme. They're going to beat the shit out of the Bears week one. I don't... I don't know why people are so excited to see Justin Fields get killed again. And by the way, has anyone talked to Justin Fields and make sure that uh, that he just doesn't do dumb shit like try to truck Minka Fitzpatrick, who is literally his weight, except as a safety? Just checking. 49ers over Bears. Not even close. Not even close. How do I not have, hold on, how many games do I have? I am missing one game, ironically enough. Hold on. I'm like missing, ironically enough, I'm missing like one game, and it's the uh, the Steelers versus the Broncos, or not the Broncos, but the Steelers versus the Bengals, week one. I didn't type it in. I, I have like, oh no, I do, never mind. I have it. I just didn't see it, my bad. Steelers versus Bengals. At Cincinnati and not whatever the crap Heinz Field just got renamed. I'm still referring to Heinz Field as Heinz Field. Just as I refer to Lakers uh, uh, as the Lakers, excuse me, as Staples Center. I was about to say the Lakers Stadium because Staples Staples Center is the Lakers Stadium. But I'm not referring to it as Crypto.com Stadium. And I don't think anyone in LA is. Just like how I don't think anyone in Pittsburgh is referring to Heinz Field as whatever the ungodly name. I don't know why they just don't. Like, I hate the naming rights. It should be Pitts, it should be Steelers Stadium, Rams Stadium. Why do you have to sell every single part of your stadium as if you're pimping it off to the highest bidder? Have some class, not some trash. Be classy, not trashy, please, and thank you, NFL. But Steelers at Bengals, it's 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 just not even close. It's the Bengals. Better team. Steelers are in flames right now. I feel so bad for Kenny Pickett because he has to go up against Trey Hendrickson and Logan Wilson by himself with a bunch of young wide receivers with attitude, like the Power Rangers. I also don't know who the Pittsburgh Steelers offensive coordinator is as well. I think Pittsburgh is going to have kind of a disastrous year next year. Or not next year, but this year. I haven't seen their full schedule yet. I'm betting it's pretty, uh, it's not very fun. Because they used to be the best team in that division. Now they're by far and away, by by a mile, they are the worst. And then they're playing in one of the hardest divisions in the NFL. In the hardest conference. So. Good luck. If they're not playing up up against the AFC South, I think they're probably going to win like maybe 
three to four games. Let me just check who they're playing up against. Oh, they're playing up against the AFCs. Um, plus or minus five. Five wins for Pittsburgh. I just don't think they're a good football team. Their offensive line is terrible. Everybody is drinking the Najee Harris Kool-Aid and being like, oh, 24. He was such an awesome running back last year, 24. He had 1,200 yards, 24. How can you go against that? Well, when we come, when we talk about, excuse me, running backs, I like to talk about efficiency, a statistic that actually matters when it comes to running backs. Do you want to know why efficiency matters? Because you're not going to be able to get 300 fucking carries in a passing offense. Pittsburgh was like, yeah, we're just going to hand off the football. All the you, know who, you know who Najee Harris matches up well with? Ezekiel Elliott. Zeke is old, slow, with like 1,600 or 1,800 carries on his body. Yeah, 1,600 carries. Zeke had 1,000 yards last year on 4.2 yards per carry, 10 touchdowns, two touch, uh, 10 touchdowns on the ground, two in the air, on 237 attempts. They, they pulled back on his carries significantly. Significantly. Najee Harris had less yards per attempt on more carries. The reason why he got 1,200 yards is because their passing attack was so fucking shitty and their offensive line was terrible and they were like just run it all over the place with fucking Najee Harris and that's just that's just how we're gonna roll that's just it Pittsburgh sucks Bengals are going to take them week one I'd be shocked if they don't Patriots at Dolphins let me take a swig of my water hold on Patriots at Dolphins. I love the Dolphins. I love the Patriots. I'm a Patriot fan. Big Patriot fan. I don't know what Bill Belichick is doing. Word on the street is Bill Belichick is making his former defensive coordinator, former head coach of the Detroit Lions, a former disaster of a head coach for the Detroit Lions, as a matter of fact, the current offensive coordinator for the Patriots. Now, I have seen coordinators go from a coordinating position to a skill position. Like, they go from defensive coordinator to, maybe not skill position, but they coach a specific position on the football team. So they go from defensive coordinator to, oh, now we are the defensive line coach. Like, I've seen that, for example, be done. I've never seen a... I've never seen a coordinator go from one side of the football and coach the other side of the football as like a um, as like a uh, position coach. I've never seen that be done ever, ever. Let alone, I've never seen a coordinator go from one coordinating position to another. I've never seen that before in my entire fucking life, ever, ever. So the Patriots now are making Matt Patricia the offensive coordinator for the New England Patriots. I'm like, what? What? And so in the three years that New England has lost Tom Brady, it has essentially become a dumpster fire. And Robert Kraft is not, not happy at all. Because, number one, 
he sees Tom Brady still competitive, still relevant, still winning Super Bowls, or really a Super Bowl. And then he sees Bill Belichick promoting his defensive coordinator to offensive coordinator. And then he probably is sitting back in his very, very large billion-dollar chair or whatever billionaires spend money on. And he's probably thinking to himself, I gave up the best football player of all time for a guy that's making our defensive coordinator our offensive coordinator. And then you look around... Tom Brady has had a point. Tom Brady left New England because he did not have the input. And more specifically, he did not have the input probably over wide receivers. Tom Brady has the input for wide receivers. We will get into Tom Brady and the Bucks in a little bit. Tom Brady has the input for wide receivers and personnel and tight ends. And he brought Gronk out of retirement and they won the Super Bowl in 2020. And hey, that's, that's good enough. Some people are like, he needs to win every single year. I'm like, fuck that. He won a Super Bowl. That's more than... Almost everybody in the NFL. He won a Super Bowl with another team. He won. That's that's the goal. Winning. He won a championship. He's won seven. He's the all-time leader in touchdowns. Not touchdowns, excuse me. I think he is, but he but I meant to say he's the all-time leader in Super Bowls. All-time leader in Super Bowls is a bad way to phrase it. He's won the most Super Bowls out of any person or any team. He retires today. Like he's he's a great he's one of the greatest American sports athletes of all time. I don't know what to tell you. If you're still being critical of Tom Brady, you're a moron. Like if you're like Tom Brady's career isn't good enough, you're a moron. But Tom had a point. He was just like, I want Mike Evans. I want Chris Godwin. I want to bring back Antonio Brown, even though he's he was a disaster in his final year with Tampa. But he caught I think one touchdown in the Super Bowl or two. Gronk wasn't a disaster. He was awesome. Tom had a point. Robert Kraft of the, of the New England Patriots understands that. And he's looking around and he's just like, yeah, uh, maybe Bill Belichick is fired after a couple more seasons. He gets respect, but he gets more respect. But it's just like, I mean, that division has lapped the Patriots to me. I think the Patriots are one of the worst teams in that division. And they, I mean, they lost JC Jackson. They apparently, J.C. Jackson, if you don't know, one of the best cornerbacks in the NFL, they didn't even offer him a contract or something like that. They just let him walk, or they offered him significantly below market value, and they were just like, yeah, we're going to let you walk. And now it's like they don't have a corner, really, to speak of, in a division with Stephon Diggs, Garrett Wilson, Elijah Moore, Jalen Waddle, and Tyreek Hill. They don't have a corner? And by a corner, I mean like a top tier corner. And they had one last year. I'm like, this doesn't this doesn't seem right at all. This doesn't feel right at all. And I'm kind of shocked at kind of how bad the Patriots were or are this year, especially after being so aggressive in free agency last year. If you don't remember last year, if you didn't know, the Patriots spent the most money in like ten years in free agency last. year. And then they just had a really, really fucking bad free agency this year. Like, it's it's not very good. I think the Patriots are probably not a playoff team this year. I think the Dolphins are kind of like a fringe playoff team. And I think the Patriots are just, I think they're going to be able to overpower 
not the Patriots. I, I meant to say the Dolphins. Excuse me. I think the Dolphins are just going to be able to overpower the Patriots week one. I just, unless, I, I just, I just don't see how they can beat Tua. You know, my, my honest opinion and Jalen and Tyreek. It's like, who's going to cover those guys? Not even realistically speaking, not even like, oh my God, he's going to throw deep. Not even deep, just quick. They're fast. A lot of Kansas City's offense was, we're going to screen game you to death and we're just going to have Tyreek Hill just run, catch balls and run up the field. A lot of Kansas City's offense was and is, we're not just going to try and take the top off the defense every single play, even though a lot of the highlights would show, uh, show contrary to that statement. It's a lot of screen games, good blocking. We're just going to get the ball in our receiver's hands and let them just try and make shit happen. We'll see what happens with the Patriots, but holy shit, man, Patriots. Everybody talks about how shitty of an offseason the Cowboys had. Yikes. Yikes. Could you imagine losing like Trevon Diggs and not getting anything back for him? Yikes. Yikes. Browns at Panthers. Look, I don't care if Deshaun Watson plays. I don't care if Baker Mayfield plays. I don't care if Sam Donald plays. I don't care who plays for quarterback for either team. Panthers don't have enough. They don't have enough stuff. Let me unplug my computer first. Hold on. What I mean by the Panthers don't have enough stuff, they don't have enough stuff to block Miles Garrett. Okay. Uh, sure. They drafted a, a, a Kim Aquanu. Okay. Here's what you do when you go down to Carolina week one game one. If Akima Kwanu gives problems to Miles Garrett, okay, fine. Here's you just move him to the other side of the offensive line because their entire offensive line is terrible. Then on top of that, defensive line wise, Carolina's defensive line got worse because they didn't fucking sign or re-sign Hassan Reddick. I don't know why. And he was probably one of their best pass rushers on the team. They didn't re-sign him. How's Derek Brown doing? Derek Brown, man. Derek Brown, everybody was like top 10 draft pick. I mean, I don't know how long he's been in the NFL. Yeah, he like, he has five sacks in his career. People were like, he's going to be one of the best defensive linemen in the, in the sport. And it's just like, he's all right. I haven't seen enough of him to really have like a positive opinion on him. Or really a strong opinion on him, but it's just like, dude, he is not dominant at all. The Carolina versus the Browns? Are you shitting me? I don't care who who the quarterback is. The Browns will just run the football all over the Panthers' offensive line with Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, and they'll probably quick game them. And Baker Mayfield won't have the offensive line. Christian McCaffrey is perennially hurt. And Baker Mayfield, even with an awesome wide receiving core, or Sam Darnold, even with an awesome wide receiving core, still will probably not be able to beat the uh, the Browns because of just how awesome fucking Miles Garrett is, how dominant he is as a pass rusher and as a defensive line. He's literally the, the Hulk or a superhero, just a big human being. I don't know how he fucking just packs on that much weight and strength, but... You're not going to stop and slow down Miles Garrett if you're the Panthers. Browns over Panthers week one. Colts at Texans. I think it's pretty self-explanatory. Everybody has fallen in love with Davis Mills. I liked him a lot out of Stanford. I thought that he had had a better pro day than Trey Lance because he could actually complete passes. But uh, I, like the Colts were a better football team last year. 
And I think they're a better football team this year as well. I also think that Lovey Smith is another fall guy for the Colts. Or not the Colts, for the Texans. I think he when I think when he is done this season, when the season is done, he's probably gonna get fired. He's a cold body. They've already put him and sent him in the morgue. I think they're trying going to try and hire somebody that nobody likes, like AJ, not AJ McCarron. What's his name? Josh McCown. They're going to try and hire him as their head coach maybe next year. And we will see. But I think the Texans, they're a joke of an organization. They're a joke of a franchise. They're just a joke all around. And I think the Colts are going to take advantage of that. And I don't even think it's going to be a contest. I think the Colts are just going to take the, uh, take the game, take the win. Saints at Falcons. Picking the Saints over the Falcons. Falcons are a disgrace. I mean, <laughs> I'm just like, Falcons are a disgrace. The fans, it's, it's a shitty week one opener. I love how the NFL is like, if we build a brand new stadium, fans will come. That's the problem. It's not that if we, like, I don't understand why the NFL just doesn't take the billions of dollars that they're investing into these stadiums and put it into the football teams. You know, invest in your football teams. You know, uh, maybe you build, maybe you hire, fi maybe you hire, oh my God, I can't speak today. Maybe you find somebody who is smart or you hire somebody who is smart that can build you a fucking roster. Because, it, like, honestly, man, it wasn't, it wasn't Dan Quinn. It's the entire organization. It's terrible. Terrible. Holy smokes. They're tanking, or at least they should be tanking for Bryce Young or CJ Stroud or whoever could potentially be a wild card quarterback for them in the third round, or not in the third round, in the first round. Uh, maybe pick number three or four. I don't know. But if you're the Falcons, man, like, oh, God, you got to, like, take some swings. Do something. I feel like the Falcons are a team that everybody just sleeps on, just falls asleep, passes out. Just, I mean, oh, my God. They are like a tranquilizer dart to the face. They are such a terrible football organization and a terrible football team to the point where I saw their week one game last year. Nobody was in the stands. Nobody had faith. Nobody was like, oh, yeah, this is a great football team that people should go out and watch. No, nobody's like that. Everybody's like, no, this team sucks. We're not going to support them. We don't care how expensive your stadium is. We don't care what rap group you bring out at halftime. We love the Migos and ATL. We are not going to go watch them perform at halftime in Atlanta for the Falcons because they stink. It's a very long-winded answer to say that the Saints are going to beat the Falcons week one, game one. Ravens at Jets. I think the Ravens are too good. I think the, the Falcons, not the Falcons. I think the Jets, if they win like seven, eight games, that's fine. The Jets are a disaster as well, but they are a disaster that seems to be on the uptick with their drafting, with some of the roster moves that they've made uh, as well. I think the Jets are like maybe a, another season away from being competitive, if you want my honest opinion about it. Like, I like a lot of what they've done at the offensive line. Elijah Vera Tucker, Makai Becton. They've gotten some really, really nice players there. Maybe another offensive lineman will... I thought they should have drafted Evan Neal over Ahmad Garner. But at least it's like, okay, they have Ahmad Garner to potentially long-term 
challenge some of the firepower in their division. I think Ahmad Garner is going to get smoked this year because of the top, top athletes that are in that division at wide receiver. Some people are going to be like, he didn't allow a touchdown in college. And I'm like, it's college. It's not the NFL. Are you, have you, have you watched Stefan Diggs and Tyreek Hill lately? Shut up. So Jets are going to be going up against the Ravens. There's going to be a lot of excitement. I think the Jets are going to get mollywopped by the Ravens here, especially with Lamar Jackson back. Hopefully healthy. Hopefully healthy. He looks like he added some weight, but we'll see. We will see. Jags at Washington. I'm picking the Jags. I think way too many people are low on the Jags, including myself. I'm low on the Jags, but I'm not as low on the Jags as I am on the uh, I think Doug Peterson is a good coach. I think he's a better coach than Ron Rivera. And um, I think Trevor Lawrence, it's a toss-up between him and Carson Wentz. I don't think Trevor Lawrence is as much of a disaster as Carson Wentz. And I think Doug Peterson will probably get him ready. I am not in love with the wide receiving core of the Jags. And I'm not in love with the offensive line of the Jags versus the defensive line of the of the Commanders. It's going to be a very, very interesting matchup. I'm not a big fan of that matchup, though. But um, I think Carson Wentz and I, is going to screw something up. And I also think that Washington as a whole is just a disaster. I think they're just a disaster. I think Ron Rivera is kind of overrated. If you want, if you want my honest opinion about it, I think he's kind of overrated as a head coach. And I most importantly think that, uh, that Carson Wentz will do some stupid shit and cause the Jags to lose the game. Or cause the Jacks to win the game, excuse me. Packers at Vikings. I think I can find this clip. I think I can find this clip. It was with Colin Cowherd saying that the that the Vikings are going to be like 13-14 win team or something ridiculous like It's like what? No shot. No shot. Can I find it here? If I can't, it's fine. I I can't find it. But he said that the Vikings were going to be a 13-14 win team. I've watched the Vikings for four to five years now. I've seen the clinical downfall of them since essentially their trade of Stefan Diggs. Wonder uh, how that worked out for them. Everybody's like, well, we got Justin, Justin Jefferson. We're awesome now. And it's just like, have you guys been back to the, to the NFC championship game? Yeah, that's what I thought. But, um, the Vikings, they have Justin Jefferson who, how many receiving yards does he have? Isn't he like a 15, 1,600-yard guy? I mean, I feel like I look at his statistics almost every... Yeah, he, he got 1,400 his rookie season. He got 1,500... He got 1,600, excuse me, not 1,500. He got 1,600. His sophomore season, his second year. And he got like seven touchdowns his rookie season, 10 in his sophomore season. Look, Justin Jefferson is awesome and he is their entire offense and I don't know why he's not I don't know why he's not getting way more targets. He should probably be at like 130. Not targets, but receptions like 12130. I know that's a lot, but uh he's literally their best player, but they they didn't want to use him. 
And Kirk Cousins was not loved by Mike Zimmer, which that was obvious. But Justin, to me, and the Vikings, they have just consistently lost to the Cowboys with backup quarterbacks. Like, Dak Prescott has a perfect record against the uh, the Vikings, and he hasn't played up against the Vikings in, like, two years. Cowboys, excuse me, have a perfect record against the, the Vikings, and they haven't played with Dak Prescott literally in, like, two years. Like, they've lost to Cooper Cup, Cooper Rush, and I think Garrett Gilbert. Like, what the fuck, man? It's a joke. It really is. But the Vikings, man, they are just... They're kind of a disaster. A little bit of a disaster here. I'm not in love with their corners. I love their wide receiving core. Dalvin Cook is is awesome. Their offensive line is, like, shaky and okay. I like their defensive line a lot, especially with the addition of Zadarius Smith, but I'm not... I'm not gonna, like... Kirk Cousins can't fucking duel Aaron Rodgers. And everybody will tell me, oh my God, well, he, he lost Devontae Adams. So what? He got Christian Watson. He got one of the best wide receivers in the draft. Because you guys let him get him. I don't care that he doesn't have Devontae Adams. I don't care how many targets Devontae Adams had. I don't care. Aaron Rodgers is one of the best football players in the NFL. And the Vikings with a new head coaching staff with a lot, with a lot of new players is going up against the Packers, which is now at full strength with Jair Alexander and David Bakhtiari, who essentially both of them missed the entire season of uh, last year, excuse me. And now it's like, I was a little bit shaky on AJ Dillon. I was like, AJ Dillon is, was not worth the second round pick. And then midway through last year, he started to find his footing. So, whoops the daisies Now you're going to have to go up against the sledgehammers of A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones. And then Aaron Rodgers, whoops the daisy is still there as well. And then on top of that, you also have to go up against Jair Alexander as well. And then, oops the daisies they also got Devontae Wyatt and uh, Quay Walker in the draft, who are two of the best players at their position in the draft. So, good luck dealing with that. It's like... I don't understand why people... I don't know why Colin Coward thinks that they're going to win 13, 14 games and potentially beat the Packers week one. That's insane to me. Insane. That people actually think that that's going to happen. Giants at Titans. How do I put this? trying to think of like what I can say about Brian Dable. Brian Dable, new head coach of the Giants, with Daniel Jones. I just I think they're not competitive. I don't think Daniel Jones is the guy. And I don't know if it's Brian Dable. I don't think it's Brian Dable. If you want my honest opinion about it, I don't think it's Brian Dable. Ironically enough, as I'm like watching a Bills game, I'm watching the Bills Tampa Bay game. I'm watching this game and I'm like, Brian. And the reason why I don't think it's Brian Dable is that so much of their offense is put on Josh Allen. And I don't think people understand that aspect. They're like, oh my God, Josh Allen is such an awesome quarterback. Not quarterback, excuse me. I mean, he obviously is. But I think the narrative coming out of Buffalo is, oh my God. 
Brian Dable is such an awesome offensive coordinator. He's so smart. I've watched the Bills for like the last three years. They can't run the football without Josh Allen. And what I mean by they cannot run the football without Josh Allen, what I mean by that isn't that his passing game affects the running game. I mean, he is one of their best, if not their best rushers on the, uh, on the team. Their blocking is like out of whack for some weird reason. I, I just, I, I don't understand it. It's like, maybe they don't have the execution. I don't get it. It's like, it could be the backs, but they always draft running backs that I like. They drafted like Zach Moss and Singletary uh, over the last couple of years. And I think they got, yeah, they got the Georgia running back, Dalvin Cook's uh, little brother. I forgot his name, but they just drafted him. I'm like, I like him as well. They draft running backs that I like, and they can't. And for some weird reason, when they got to the Bills, they just forgot how to run. They don't have a running game in Buffalo. All of their routes, all, like not even routes, but like a lot of their shit is just Josh Allen, go be fucking awesome because our scheme kind of sucks. So when Brian Dable got hired, everybody was just like, <laughs> because they just saw the. Uh, the Bills versus the Chiefs and how awesome Josh Allen played. Notice how I said how awesome Josh Allen played and not how awesome Brian Dable coached. And I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm watching the Bills game right now. They just, the Bills against the Bucks. they just showed a graphic. They had 25 passes, three runs in the first half of the game. Three fucking ones. It's like, What? I say all that to say Giants versus Titans. I think the Giants are going to have a shitty season this year again. And I'm super interested to see how Brian Dable functions without literally one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL who essentially bailed him out of trouble every single time he got into trouble. I'm super interested in seeing that because holy shit, man, the Bills offense was just fucking disastrous last season. I'm watching the uh, the ass whooping that Tampa Bay is putting on Buffalo. Buffalo just tried to run like a uh, a fake punt on fourth down. It did not end well at all. How did this game end, Tampa? There's no way that this game like is a blowout. There's no way. Yeah, I was like, it ended in overtime, 33 to 27 for some weird reason. Like Tampa Bay just. Forgot how to play football in the third and the fourth quarter, apparently. So, I was just like, there's no way that they're just going to put out a blowout or whatever. Regardless, Giants versus Titans. Apparently, Brian Dable has been ranting and raving about Saquon Barkley. I think Saquon is gone. I don't, like, they invested a second overall pick in Saquon Barkley. I don't know how the fuck you're, I don't know how they're going to keep him next year. Everybody's like, whoa, Saquon Barkley, awesome running back. And it's just like, Saquon had... A good, he had like a good first year, and then he had like an okay, a good second year. I'll give him that. He gave, he got two really really nice years. Not like okay, he was he had a great first year, but the, the thing about it is, Saquon Barkley was overrated. I'll say it, he was overrated, right? Let me just pull up Ezekiel Elliott statistics. Ezekiel Elliott had more yards in his rookie season, more carries. More yards per attempt, more touchdowns. Like, he just had more 
He was just better too. Some people are going to say, well, he was on a better offensive line. I can't help that. I don't care. But Saquon had significantly less carries, significantly less yards, significantly less yards per attempt. He had like four less touchdowns. It's just like, what do you want me to do? And I'm like, Zeke's rookie year was better to me. Way better. Way better than Saquon's. And Saquon, I mean, he hasn't had a thousand yard season in almost three years. What do you want me to do with that? Saquon, I'm interested to see what he's going to do this year, but I, I don't think he can do really anything, especially with a guy that literally cannot figure out how to run the football with Josh Allen and Saquon, not Saquon, Stephon Diggs on your team. He's just like, I just can't figure it out. I just can't figure it out. Giants versus Titans, long and the short of it is, I'm picking the, uh, the Titans over the Giants because I think the Giants are kind of going to be shit here. Raiders versus Chargers. Kind of a rematch of last season. I do not have any of the games right now. I can't see what games I have and where. Raiders at Chargers. Super interesting football game. Picking the Raiders. The Raiders. This may change. This is like the only one that I kind of feel a little bit skeptical on. Um, because the Chargers are just a better team on paper. This has nothing to do with what happened at the end of the season where the Raiders beat the Chargers to uh, to go on to the playoffs. This has nothing to do with that. I just think the Chargers are a little bit overrated. Because I think everybody, not I think, I know, everybody is like, oh my God, Justin Herbert, top five quarterback, or top six, or top seven, however, wherever they want to put him. And I'm like, let's pump the brakes a little bit. Let's let him get to the playoffs. And his first year, I was just like, yeah, like he's obviously better than Tyrod, but I was for benching him and doing that stuff. But um, when it was obvious that he was the guy, I was just like, Anthony, just let him play. Let him play. He seems to be competent. He seems to be better of an option than Tyrod. But even Anthony Lynn, like saying, "Mm -mm," I'm like, okay, that's not good. But the Chargers going up against the Raiders I mean, they have J.C. Jackson. You know what? This probably... I'm like, the more I think about it, the more I'm going to change this. I'm picking the Chargers over the Raiders. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, this is the one that's, that, that's going to potentially change. I'm like, hold on. Wait a second. I'm like, they have J.C. Jackson. They have Asante Samuel Jr. They have Khalil Mack. And they have Joey Bosa. It's going to be hard to cover the Raiders with Devontae Adams and Darren Waller. And also uh, Hunter Renfro. But at the exact same time, I think they have the pass rush to be able to get there. And they have the corners, I think, and the safeties and the line. They're just a better overall team. They also have, like, they, they upgraded their offensive line with Zion Johnson as well. Paired with Rashawn Slater. Absolute stud out of uh, Northwestern. It's just, I don't know how the Chargers blow this. But I want to say they do because they blow everything. I've picked them to go to the playoffs for the last two years. They haven't gone to the playoffs. But maybe that's a little bit of, you know, my bias towards the Chargers. But I'm like, but then it's just like, there's no fucking way they lose opening weekend against the Raiders. I don't think they do. They have the pass rush. They have, they have the corners. They have the skill positions, skill position players. They have like everything that they need. I don't know how they lose. I really don't. 
really don't. They're the wide receiver. How, how do they lose? It's like, I like their matchup. I mean, they, the Raiders have Chandler Jones, but I like the matchup with Rashawn Slater against whomever. Chargers over Raiders. How do the Chargers screw it up? We will see week one. I really hope the Chargers do not fuck this up. Do not fuck. Do not fuck me. Do not fuck me, Chargers. Do not fuck me. Don't fuck me like you've been fucking me every single year, Chargers. Don't fuck me, Chargers. Don't fuck me. Chiefs at Cardinals. The Cardinals don't have enough. They don't have enough to stop Patrick Mahomes. The Chiefs, and I just saw this. Yes, I just saw George Karloftis, who was one of my favorite defensive, defensive ends in the draft. I just saw him play for the, not play, but I saw him in like warmups for the Chiefs. And I was like, oh yeah, they got George Karloftis. What? How are the Cardinals, they don't have enough. How are they supposed to beat the Chiefs? How? How? They have Hollywood. Okay, uh, great. They got Trey McBride, but they already had Zach Ertz. And then they have D-Hop. But it's, it's, the, the problem was never with receivers, which is why I'm like, Steve Kime, why the fuck did you just trade a first-round draft pick for Hollywood Brown when you literally could have had Christian Watson, who's probably going to be better for the Packers this year? Like, why the fuck did you do that? You could have had Jalen Tolbert or Sky Moore, and if they had drafted Sky Moore or Jalen Tolbert, I would have been like, oh, yeah, that's a great pick. They got Hollywood Brown. Like, you guys need an offensive lineman. What the fuck is wrong with you? It's like it's insane. Insane. That they traded for Hollywood, and they didn't bolster the offensive line. Steve Kime essentially pulled a Ryan Poles, except he's just like, yeah, I did something, but it was the incorrect thing to do. He's just like, I'm like, Kyler Murray wants to be spiteful. I'll sing the spiteful chant louder. So he's like, I'll get all of these weapons and try to potentially embarrass my star quarterback. You moron. You are not important. You are not as important as Kyler. His agent had a point when he said our win totals are being the Cardinals football team, the, uh, the Cardinals win totals. The Cardinals win totals have doubled every single year that Kyler has been here. From winning six games to 12 in his first and second season, respectively. You should respect that as the fucking GM and do what the fuck he tells you to do and get him some fucking football players. Get him an offensive line, please and thank you. Stop rolling out these scrubs to be his running backs. Invest! And stop drafting linebackers in the first round who your coaches don't even know how to play and then who aren't very good. It's like they benched Zayvon Collins, who I loved out of Tulsa. They don't know how to use Isaiah Simmons at all. At all. Isaiah Simmons was an awesome Clemson player with so many just attributes and prospects. He's like Micah Parsons, except that's safety. How do you fuck that up? Ask the Cardinals. They know how. Chiefs over Cardinals. I don't think Kyler can compete. In the sense of, I think the Kansas City Chiefs just have way too much firepower offensively and defensively. They got Juju. They got, obviously, the big boy, Sky Moore, who I'm a big fan of. He's short. He's not tall, but he's, he's a big player for them. They got Travis Kelsey. It's like they can't cover. The Cardinals have no corners. They have none. They have no corners to speak of. Their pass rush is non-existent. Unless you want to move Zayvon Collins to pass rush, which I think they should, but they probably won't. We will see. 
And they have nobody on the team that can cover Travis Kelsey worst comes to worst. It will be interesting to see Kansas City's passing attack week one, game one. But God, the, the Chiefs, the Cardinals, excuse me, as a football team, disaster. Disaster. Cardinals fans, don't talk to me about winning when you guys have only had like three or four 10-win ten, ten seasons in like the last 50 years. Shut up. Look it up. Bucks at Cowboys. Let me take a drink of my water. Hold on. Bucks at Cowboys. Now, everybody's droning on and on and parroting the exact same information. Cowboys have had the worst offseason in NFL history. They're just bad. They're not going to win a lot of football games. I would hold off on that. Bucks have not necessarily had the best offseason as well. Remember how I kind of trashed the Eagles a little bit uh, with their offensive line? And I was just like, I don't know. Who is going to play right guard? It's Isaac Suamalu or something like that. Not very good. Landon Dickerson wasn't very good. Lane Johnson had, at times, wasn't very good. Like, Eagles offensive line is a little bit overrated. I think Tampa Bay is a little bit overrated as well. And I think the Cowboys, considering how many people are shit on them this year, underrated. And I'll get into both, uh, both teams here. First and foremost... Tampa Bay just lost Rob Gronkowski. He's done. He's not coming back, apparently. According to him, he's not coming back. And I don't think he's going to come back week one. So you don't have Rob, who sliced and diced up the Cowboys last year. You don't ha- have Antonio Brown, who did the same. I watched, I watched the game again. I watched the Cowboys game. I've seen that game, like, the Cowboys at Bucks. I've seen that game like 10 times. And I saw it again. I saw the highlights again today. And I was just like, oh, yeah. Like, Gronk kind of cut up Micah. And Demarcus Lawrence and Antonio Brown, I think, gashed Anthony Brown for a touchdown on one of the drives. And he, he actually killed Anthony Brown a couple of times. So now they don't have their two stars on offense that really killed the Cowboys. And then the third guy, Chris Godwin, also kind of didn't kill the Cowboys. Also killed the Cowboys as well. He's not playing. He's hurt. Let me plug in my computer first. Hold on. So all of these guys that were paramount to Tom Brady's success aren't there anymore. And then the worst thing is, Tampa Bay didn't get a star corner. Now they got Akeem Hicks, who I really, really like. Bears didn't re-sign him. Stupid decision, my opinion. But I don't think it's enough to move Zach Martin, and I think it's not enough to maybe move Tyler Smith. Tyler Smith for the Dallas Cowboys is such an interesting pick because he is what Zach, not Zach, he is what Connor Williams, the former left guard for the Cowboys, who in this game got bullied by Vita Vea and Ndamukong Sue, go back and watch the game. I've watched it like 10 times. He got bullied by both of them. And specifically, he got bullied backwards. He got fucking just moved backwards by both those guys. And I don't think that will happen with Tyler Smith. And some people are going to be like, well, 24, he's a rookie. True, he is. However, his main attribute above everything else is his power. He is a really, really, really powerful offensive lineman. 
Some people are going to be like, some people are going to state the obvious and be like, well, all of them are powerful. They're, they're 300 pounds, 24. And it's just like, like, not every single 300 pound offensive lineman is powerful. Tyler Smith is, especially they're not powerful. Some, some offensive linemen aren't powerful at the NFL level or not some, but a lot aren't powerful at the NFL level. Those guys are just strong. Ask uh, how strong fucking Miles Garrett is. I think the Tyler Smith matchup on the left side of the offensive line for the Dallas Cowboys is super intriguing. Super intriguing. I also think the Cowboys wide receiving core this offseason is super, super interesting as well. Let's kind of break it down. So a lot of people are like, including myself, I, I've, I've talked about it on and off, but Cowboys, the Cowboys, have done something semi-smart here. So, again, I checked CeeDee Lamb's statistic today. Statistics. It was like 79 receptions, 1,100 yards, 13.9 yards per, per catch. All of those statistics are the most on the team. He was almost at 14 yards per catch, which is insane. He just didn't have the receptions. He had 79 receptions, right? Again, comparing him to Justin Jefferson, I think he had, like, yeah, he had 108. 108 receptions to CeeDee Lamb's 79, right? I think Justin Jefferson's catch percentage is high. No, it's it's literally CeeDee Lamb's. It's like 64.7%. But the difference, the main difference between Justin Jefferson and CeeDee Lamb is that CeeDee Lamb had 120 targets to Justin Jefferson's 108. Or not 108, excuse me, 167. So, your catch percentage was CeeDee Lambs was higher. I thought it was 64.7. CeeDee Lambs was 65.8. It dropped like, Point nine percent from like 65.7 to 64.8. But to me, CeeDee Lamb led the Cowboys in almost every conceivable statistic, excuse me, besides touchdowns. Let me just see. How many games did Amari start in last season? He played and started in, he played in 15 games, started in 14. Mario was hurt in some of the games, or no, he had COVID. He had COVID. But he played in the majority of the games, and he took 104 targets, and he had like four less uh, catches, or excuse me, like, what was it? He had 11 less uh, catches than CD. My point is, CD Lamb, such an interesting wide receiver, and if you go back, I mean, I don't even need to speculate. I don't even need to say, remember how awesome CeeDee Lamb played? I can just show you. CeeDee Lamb, week one against Tampa, 15 targets, seven receptions, not great. You want you want to have it be like 65%, obviously. You want it to be in line with his catches. Like, CeeDee Lamb had like 104 targets, or 104 yards, excuse me, and touchdown. Like, CeeDee Lamb was really, really cooking the Tampa Bay Buccaneers last year. Nobody could cover him. Some people are going to be like, he, he was the number one guy. No, he wasn't. Amari was like in and out because Amari was like semi-hurt in that game. 
they were like, we'll roll coverage CD Lamb's way. CD Lamb was still getting open. He was still generating huge fucking plays. And he was he was Dak's preferable target, which I thought was really, really interesting going back and watching that game. And then what's going to be interesting to figure out in the next month, sorry for saying interesting so much, but we'll, but what will be exciting to figure out next month is where does Jalen Tolbert fit in with the Cowboys? What's his role? How does Dak see him and how do the coaches see him? I think he's the number two, number three guy right now. Like going into the first game against the Bucs, I think he'll probably be the second or the third option for the Cowboys. Or at the, the very least, I think he will be the outside, the weak side, outside presence for the Cowboys. Maybe the strong side on certain plays. It kind of just depends on the situation, the down and the distance and the coverage. But I think he's going to be the second or the third guy. We will see. But I think that's what's going to happen for the Cowboys. But then I also was watching some of Zeke play, and Zeke had some really, really awesome cuts last season as well. I mean, Zeke was awesome. He was better than I expected when it came to just making cuts and changing direction. But the Cowboys gave it to the Bucks with Dak coming off of the, uh, the torn, uh, not the torn, but the strained muscle, the broken ankle, all that stuff. Tampa coming off of a Super Bowl win in Tampa. And Dallas played them pretty fucking awesome. Pretty fucking straight up. And you want to know my honest opinion about it? Connor Williams had played better. Like I said, in the playoff game against the 49ers, I think Dallas would have won that game. And more especially, a lot of people forget about this. Zach, not Zach, Greg Zerline. I don't know why I said Zach. Greg Zerline missed like an extra point in a 31-yard field goal, which is essentially a chip shot. The score was like 20, what was it? It was like 31 to 29. You tack on that four more points and it's just like, oh wait, Dallas wins. There's like 17 seconds left. Maybe Tom Brady can score a touchdown. Maybe he can't. He got it all the way inside the Dallas Cowboys 10. So there's an argument there. But it would have made the the game incredibly more difficult if Greg Zerline just hits his fucking kicks. It's going to be so interesting, that week one game against uh, the Bucks for the Cowboys. And Dak is going to be such an interesting player because it's just like, I think Dak could potentially be a top five player again this year at his position, but he just fell apart midway through the season. But I think CeeDee Lamb easily can be like 14, 1500 yard receiver. You want, you want to know what I think? I think Dallas is like, CD, you're probably going to be like a 1,300, 1,400-yard guy as well. We will see. I have I have Dallas beating Tampa, which if you've been listening to the podcast for the last eh, like couple of weeks, I've been saying that. So like nonstop, I'm like, yeah, I think Cowboys are going to win. Final game. Broncos at Seattle. Ooh la la, Russell Wilson going back to Seattle. How warm of a welcome uh, will it be going back to Seattle? Probably as hot as hell gets over on a nice hot summer's day. I think he will be greeted to a very, very uh, hostile, hostile crowd. It's going to be interesting to see if he can actually, like, like, what... Like, how loud the Seattle Seahawks fans will be and get. 
just because of, uh, I mean, we know how rambunctious and loud they are, but it will be interesting to see just, like, how pissed off they're going to be. At least in my opinion. It's going to be interesting. But, I mean, I don't, I don't need to spend any more time on it. Broncos over Seattle. Seattle's a terrible organization and a terrible football team. Those are my week one picks. We'll talk about them later in about two months. Maybe you will remember them. Maybe you will not. We will see. That's the show. That's the podcast. It's super late. By the way, watching the uh, the new TV, not, maybe not the new TV show, but the TV show that came out on Paramount Plus, The Offer, which is the TV show about the making of The Godfather, which is actually pretty decent. Pretty decent. Pretty decent TV show, I'll say. But um, I'm going to watch that maybe for an hour. Problem is, all the episodes are like an hour long, and I just wanted to just get through it super quickly, and nope. I thought it was also going to be a movie. Nope. It's a 10-episode series, and I am on like episode 4 or 5. Anyways, I'm peacing out for tonight. I'm going to watch The Offer. I'll see you tomorrow. 24th Podcast.